0: Welcome to week two of Spiritual Habits. I'm well aware that there is more than four, but we're going to focus on these four, Bible reading, prayer, fasting. Come next week, okay? Fasting, and it's okay to eat breakfast before you come. We'll learn something together. And then uh, the fourth week will be living in Christ-centered community. Um, One thing I want to mention about spiritual habits Is that it sounds boring Like brushing your teeth And it might be But we're grateful that you brush your teeth (laughs) So there's good benefit from it Okay But let's take it beyond just something that you have to do To get from A to B spiritually I believe this I believe that spiritual habits help you enjoy Jesus more I mean it, it is it is when we spend time in the Bible, it is when we are praying that we relish him more. We enjoy more of that relationship because here's the thing. It's like, it's like these spiritual habits are not the ticket that you need to get on the ride. These spiritual habits are the ride. This is where, this is where the fun is. Put it this way, they are not payments for pleasure, they are the pipelines. So as you're reading the Bible, as you are praying, as you are, as you are exercising and, and getting stronger in your spiritual life through these practices, it is these spiritual habits that create the pipeline for where we are going with the Lord. So last week, lots of great feedback on, on Bible reading And it's so encouraging to me to to hear folks just taking it one more step and and, and getting to a place where they've never been spiritually through Bible reading. Very encouraging. And I want to try to make this week as practical and common sense and as helpful as, as last week. But if I ask this question, how might you respond? And don't. But how is your prayer life? For many, that's a very uncomfortable question. And then here's the thing, so it's almost like when we talk about prayer, it it feels emotionally like you're talking about, sum up your entire relationship with the Lord in that answer. Because prayer seems like this mystical thing. Whereas like Bible reading, it's so much easier to like pin it. Because it's, you know, a certain number of verses or chapters or you're getting through the Bible in a year and you can, but you can't put prayer on a spreadsheet. I mean, you could. You can put prayer requests on a spreadsheet, but it's not like you can use Excel to gauge where you are in your prayer life and what that feels like. So how is your prayer life? Life. So let's just assume something. Let's, let's assume that all of us struggle a little bit or struggle a lot with praying. So don't hate me, but I came up with a few reasons why we tend toward prayerlessness. And I narrowed it down to 10 that's what I'm saying. Don't hate me. We'll, we'll get through them. But it, But what, what I'm hoping is now, like, like there'll be head nods, like, okay, I resonate with that. And like three or four of them, you might really resonate with, and the other one, you're like, no, that's not me so much. Okay. But somewhere in here, I want you to know that you are not alone, that these are common reasons why people have stated or people have studied why we have issues with our prayer life, why we seem to have difficulty in this area, more so than a lot of other areas. And one of the things, it's like, so we, we seem to treat prayer like for emergency use only, right? It's got like a red sealed cap, and you only take it off in case of emergency. That's not what God's looking for. It's not like the. It's not like the um, when you go to a restaurant and there's a door out the side that you're not supposed to use because it says an alarm will sound. And if you're like the parent of a toddler, you're just praying that they don't hit the bar, you know. It is. It is not for emergency use only. Prayer is something that should be our go-to all the time, but we tend to use it as emergency use only. And why is that? Well, one of the reasons is I think that that all of our needs are already met. And you're like, wait, what? That sounds kind of sacrilegious. I'm trying to be real with you. All right? Be real with me. We think that all of our needs are pretty well already met. We live in a very affluent culture. And comparatively to other cultures, most all of our needs are already met. We work hard and we buy stuff. We buy a lot of stuff. I'm listening to a book, this, I have been for a long time, I'm going to confess. It's been a, it's been a difficult book to go through. But it's appropriately called Slow Church. So I'm about halfway through this eight-hour audio book, and he starts to mention about, you know, churches in America and, and all that, and he makes some pretty incredible statements about our culture. That like, for instance, like Americans take up 5% of the world's population, but we use up 30% of the world's resources. How about this one? That the average American uses 35 times more resources than the average person in India. 35 times. Okay. 53 times more resources than the average citizen of China. We use up a lot. We got a lot of stuff. That's what I'm saying. We go through a lot of stuff. And because we live this way and things are going so well for us, we live in comfortable homes. We go to a comfortable church. But why pray if we have everything we want? I'm being real. Let me just kind of say this as a statement towards that. Prayer is not as much about getting things from God as it is about getting God. And so if the only reason that you go to God is to get stuff, yeah, then I understand why you don't pray because you've already got all your stuff. But prayer is not about getting stuff from God. Prayer is about getting God in a relationship. I mean, come on. Like like if the only reason I ever went to my parents was if they would pay my college bill or to give them my Christmas list. That's a very shallow relationship. But I value the relationship that I have with my mom and dad. And we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about life. And I would give back all of my stuff that they ever bought me for a little bit more time with my mom and dad. Because I loved my mom and dad. Prayer is not about getting stuff from God. It's about getting God. So we don't pray a lot of times because all of our needs are already met. We'll hurry a little bit more than that. Uh, Also, here's another reason. We want instant gratification. We live in an instant world. There was a time in the history of mankind like 20 years ago where if you wanted to communicate with somebody, you actually had to cut a tree And create paper and get a pen and write a note and send it in the mail. And it took five or six days to get to them, and then five or six days to get back. And then we thought we were geniuses when we had dial up internet. I remember we got we financed our first computer made by Dell. It took up half of our desk. And when you would go online, it would make that horrible screeching sound. And then when you went to go load up a picture, it went like this. You're, you're trying to figure it out before it got done. It was so slow. Now I get 100 megabytes of download per second. And we have like six different devices happening at one time in my home. And I get frustrated when I have to refresh the page. I still don't want to go back there, but we want instant gratification. We want God to be like our State Farm agent. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And then he drops out, gives us what we want, and then poof, he's gone again. But we don't serve a vending machine God. So we have all of our needs already met. We want instant gratification. Another reason why we tend towards prayerlessness is that we aren't really convinced that prayer actually is effective. I mean, we know, like, in our head that it is, but we haven't seen a lot of evidence of it in our life. We're not really sure it works, and if he does hear us, then maybe he's not even going to give us what we want, Beautiful verse, one of my favorite verses in Scripture is Psalm 37, 4, because there's two parts to it. The first part says, delight yourself also in the Lord. And then it says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We all like part two. We all like the fact that if I pray, God will give me the desires of my heart. What I'm saying is we need to focus on part one, where we need to delight ourselves in the Lord. And as we get to know God better, we begin to feel his heart. And it begins to change our desires, and then God gives us the desires of our heart. Not only that, but I think we forget to pray. We just forget to pray. We live busy lives, and I know this is pitiful. It is pitiful that we think taking kids to soccer practice, or making a meal, or running out to have a lunch, or or all the stuff that we have to do is more important than the God of this universe, but we literally forget to pray we have our own agenda and let me just be be very honest with you we live life as if god doesn't matter i got this i got this and it goes back to number one we already have all of our needs met and we live life as though god really doesn't matter i know it's hard to say And like we really don't yeah, I mean, I know we would never say that, but that's how we live. And the evidence of that is our prayerlessness that we never take the time to communicate with him unless we are in an emergency situation, and then we hit the bar and the door goes, and the alarm goes off, and, and we finally have his attention. But that's not, what it's, that's not the only thing it's there for. We just forget to pray. I think also, and this is, this is a case a lot of times, we don't know where to start. We have so many needs. This world has so many needs. My family has so many needs. We don't know where to start. You're probably not this way. But we all have that drawer or that cabinet. Or that room that you don't even know where to start to clean that up. We have that here at the church. I'm going to confess this to you. It hurts my heart. But our maintenance closet is a horrible, stinking mess. And Kathy? It is like, so So Seth... I don't know, a year and a half ago, takes the time, he takes everything out of there, spends a whole afternoon, builds shelves, straightens it all up. I walked in there and I heard angels singing. It was just beautiful how he organized this storage room we have for our maintenance closet. I am not kidding, like a week later, some wonderful people who I dearly love cleaned out a room upstairs. And threw everything in the maintenance closet. And I mean, like, threw it in there. It is stacked up. So now what happens, you open the maintenance closet, you can't, you literally, cannot take a step past the threshold. Stacked, it's stacked up. And then what they do is they like take five gallon buckets of extra paint and they kind of like push it in there and then they stack stuff on there to where, like, if you go in there to get anything, you can see it back in there, but like it's going to take you most of the afternoon to get to it. So what do I do? I just go to Lowe's, buy another can of WD-40. I'm not going to go get that one. That's right there. I tried the little pincher things with a claw on the end. I could not reach it, right? I'm like stretching. I couldn't reach it. I just walked out, closed the door, I'm not joking, I really did. It had like little suction cups on it. I couldn't reach it. I just closed the door, went to Lowe's, bought another thing of WD-40. We all have those rooms in our lives. We all So like when you look at prayerlessness, you're like, you know, my life's a mess. I don't even know where to start. So we do nothing. I think sometimes we just don't even know how to pray. Like we don't know how. Because we hear other people pray, and it sounds so beautiful, it sounds so eloquent, like they know what they're doing, and we just feel so intimidated, like we don't know how to pray. Now, I do think there's a difference between public prayer and private prayer. You know, if you're ever asked to speak in public, it can be like a stressful situation. Because then all of a sudden, our focus is on what everybody's going to think of me rather than the God that I'm talking to. But I'm talking about private prayer today like just you and God. Let me share with you an encouraging verse in Romans chapter 8. It says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Look at this, For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. He recognizes it. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. God knows our heart. God knows what we're trying to say. I mean, have you ever been in a place where you like couldn't even form the words? Like, God, that's all I have. God, I've been been in a place with the Lord and all I could do is say his name. Here's the beautiful thing. The Holy Spirit can take that and go to God with it. And that's exactly what we meant to say. We just couldn't form the words. Just because you don't know how to pray doesn't mean we shouldn't be praying. Another reason why we tend towards prayerlessness, I think, is that we don't care enough about others. And that's a harsh statement. We don't care enough about others. Now, I think we care about others, but we don't care enough about others. So let me, let me clarify. We have no problem talking about the weather right how come our grass won't grow we have no problem saying have a nice day or good morning but that's about as far as we go in most relationships and we care enough to go there we just don't care enough to go further than that and we're okay with the superficial in our relationships But there are big issues, and there are big problems, and people are going through big deals, and we need to care more than we do. I mean, that's really why we don't pray for people, is because, this is hard to say, but one reason we don't pray for people is we don't care enough about them to pray, and that's hard for me to say, and if you disagree with me, can I just ask are you praying for them? Because you can disagree with me, but if your prayer life doesn't show that you do care enough about them, then maybe as a general rule, that's that's a legitimate reason why we don't pray. Is because we need to take our care level up another notch or two. It's hard, isn't it? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you come to church. and Yes, I did. <laughs> Number nine, we, we think small. We think small. We, our world revolves around our daily routine. Praying for the parking lot, space, you know, in Walmart, hoping that we get one right next to the handicap because we don't want to walk an extra 20 feet. Lord knows I don't need it. We try to, our world is so small, it revolves around our daily routine, television shows, aches and pains, restaurants, what we're going to buy, and there's not much to pray about in that world. There's not much to pray about when everything's okay and we just live in our own small little world, but you get outside of your world and you begin to see this world the way God sees it. And the need that is out there, and you, and you see on the news what's happening, or you read about what's happening, and it's easier just to put the blinders on and pretend there's not problems all over this world or in your neighborhood. And if you go there, and if you're like, okay, I'm going to open this up, and God, we're going to start praying for some bigger things here, then it takes us to the last thing, and that is that God might actually answer your prayer. And if you start praying bigger than yourself, then actually, well, wait a minute, now we might have to respond to this. So as I am praying for all of those orphans, as I am praying for the disaster in that country, God may move it upon me to actually do something to affect change in that area. And so we live in our own small little world. We think really small. We don't go much further because we don't want to have to respond to anything just in case prayer works. We're afraid that if we, if we start praying for a place of hope, Africa, and the orphans there, we might actually have to sponsor a child to be part of the solution. We might have to actually go somewhere and affect change. We might actually have to house a homeless person. or We might actually, well, that's what I'm talking about. We might actually have to do something with what we're praying about. So now what do we do? So I think that I have... Given you enough to contemplate here on maybe some reasons why we tend towards prayerlessness. But what I love is when the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. God's answer, Christ's answer to them was just to model this prayer for them. And so let's take a look at God teaching us to pray here. Luke chapter 11, what we call the Lord's prayer was really just a model prayer. And it appears in Luke and Matthew And there's slight differences, but you'll recognize it enough. We're going to start in in Luke chapter 11 here. And one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So now get ready for the next three verses here. He's going to model for us what prayer looks like. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And there's the end of his model prayer in Luke. Jesus didn't pray a long, lengthy prayer. He doesn't give you acrostics so that you can remember them. He just says, pray something like this. Now, what I'd love to do at some point is go through with you point by point and kind of break this down and kind of, but that's not what we're going to do today. We don't have enough time to do all of that. But I think that the simplicity here is just so beautiful. He was asked to teach his disciples how to pray, and he gives them three verses. The same thing is repeated, if you will, in Matthew and, and we're not going to get into the Lord's prayer in Matthew, but I want to show you what he was talking about and some more lessons to learn about prayer in this same area that, that he was discussing prayer. And when you pray, he says in Matthew chapter 6, you should not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that so they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but you, when you pray, enter into your closet, now, I, I, I think that was a literal room, like they actually literally went in. And the idea of what Jesus was talking about was that, was that I need you to do this in secret. So I don't know what your closet is. For a lot of my friends, there really is a literal closet that they go into and get away from the world to focus on the Lord. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father which is in secret, and your Father which sees in secret will reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they, that, for they think that they will be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. And then please, continue reading on your own. Not now. Pay attention. All right, God can say it better than I do. You can read your Bible. I won't be upset. But there is, there is this beautiful relationship that he shows us about the father that we have in heaven and how he wants to meet our needs just a beautiful passage about worry about anxiety about trusting the lord but here's what i'll mention that jesus taught us here that the most effective prayers are often simple and heartfelt and that's what i'm trying to communicate today That i'm i'm you know if, if you're a seasoned christian and you've been praying for a long time Maybe to you, meaningful prayers include eloquence and flowery speeches and beautiful names of God. And you can go down through and name all of the beautiful names of God in Scripture, and I'm for all of that. But for me, simple, heartfelt prayer goes a long way. I'll just be real with you. Like if my daughter came to me and said, Oh, Father, thou who providest my house. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not trying to be sacrilegious here, all right? I'm just, you know, when your glorious presence enters the room, <laughs> first of all, I'll be like, what do you want? it just wouldn't feel natural because that's not how I normally talk. But there are friends of mine that grew up in church and, and every other word in their in their prayer is most gracious heavenly father. And I'm not opposed to that. So I don't want to swing the pendulum the other way and say, you know, you can't talk like that because I have so many incredible Christians in my life that they, they feel like that is what prayer is to them. But for me, like if you came and talked to me and said, Eric, I wanted to Eric, I wanted to ask you about this, Eric. And Eric, you know, so when I was thinking, Eric, about it, it gets distracting because now I'm just worried about how I'm saying and how I'm couching it rather than what I'm just saying to me. Right? So so I think when we go to God, simple, heartfelt prayer, and please hear me loud and clear that if if when you pray, using extra descriptive names of God, if that blesses you, please continue to do that because that is who you are. Do you hear me? If that is who you are and that is how you pray, thank you. That is who you are. But if you are unfamiliar, is what I'm saying, and you're kind of going into this world of Christianity and you're trying to figure out how to pray, don't think that that's what prayer has to be. Simple, heartfelt prayers are often the most effective. That excites me. Because let me tell you, our one-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter doesn't know that many words, but Whitney taught her some sign language things when she was really young, so she could at least say say please and more and I'm done. So she does these little sign language things, and this granddaddy's heart melts when she looks up at me and she does please, please anything I want. Now, you, Whatever I got, you can have it. Here's the keys to my car. You can have it all. She comes to me out in the foyer between services because Mimi told her she couldn't have any candy. What the heck? Come here. And Mimi goes, ask Papa. Ask Papa, tell Papa, please. She looks up at me, what's her little sign? She does, please, and then what's more? Yeah, more, please, more, please. (laughs) Whoa, give me that thing of candy. Simple, heartfelt prayers is all it takes. She doesn't have to come up to me and say, most gracious, Papa, in your benevolence, Would you see fit to bestow upon me? That's all it took. Simple, heartfelt prayers. And I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you need. But I know that he knows the desires of your heart. And he wants a relationship with you. And simple, heartfelt prayers are often the most effective. And I also think that when we pray, we should talk honestly with God. <laughs> God I hate to tell you this. He already knows. He already knows. You ain't going to surprise him. Like he ain't hiding nothing. He already knows and he loves you Anyway. He already knows and he already gave his son for you. What else is he not going to give you? You don't think he wants a relationship just because you you blew it? Just because it's been a while? No. Just be honest with him. Prayer is where we receive everything we need to make this work. That's where it all comes from. Let me just give you a couple things here and we'll be done. And I don't even know what to call them. I just... What have we learned here through the prayers that we saw? First of all, pray simply. Now, I don't know where you are in your Christian life. If you've been saved for a long time and you're used to a certain way to pray, if that's meaningful to you, that's great. For instance, I like the King James Bible. I like the King James Bible. It's beautiful. It's what I grew up with. But there's a lot of vows and these and autists and stuff like that in there. And I get it. Not everybody is is, is able to to... Get what you could out of that. But when I read it, it's almost like this beautiful language because I've been raised with that. But not everybody is that way. So I'm, what I'm saying is that if you are that way when you pray, that's fine. But I don't want you to be discouraged if you don't know how to pray that way because I believe simplicity is beautiful. Nothing wrong with big words, but don't think that the big words that you might use gain you any extra favor with the Lord. Just more, please. It's all it takes. Pray simply. Pray authentically. And I think this is an overused word. But it was better than putting the other three words that I wanted to put, which was honesty, humility, and genuineness. I just feel like when we go to God, we need to be completely authentic. This is, I messed up. I, I know I said I was going to do that yesterday and I didn't do it. I'm going to try and do it again today. Just being real. Don't hide from him. Don't hide. Just be real and honest and authentic. God, I'm having a crappy day. God, I'm angry. That was wrong. I don't even agree with what you're doing there. He can handle it. And he would rather you be honest with him and authentic about how you feel then try to be a fake phony with the one who created you and knows everything about you. Be honest. Be authentic. And then be God-focused. When you pray, pray God-centered prayers. You know there's a time when we, as, 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 as humankind, thought that the whole universe revolved around the earth? It doesn't, by the way, in case you're confused maybe you missed that class in science this is a heliocentric universe we the world revolves around the sun not earth and i hate to say this but the world doesn't revolve around you either i'm sorry i hurt your feelings but we tend to focus on us and in our prayers it's all about how it will benefit us but if you notice in his prayer, he said, "God, I'll be your name. Your kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." How do you think things are done in heaven? Any way God wants them. That's how He wants them done here on earth. And then pray, listening pray listening if prayer is a conversation then learn how to listen when you pray i would even go far as to say this i would suggest that that if you're having a conversation with god that you stop and listen first before you say anything just be quiet Be silent and listen before you speak. God speaks to us through His Word, but He also speaks to us through His Spirit. And I think when you go to God and you just stop and still yourself and listen for a while, it creates a different experience in your prayer life. Instead of going to Him with this big list of things that you need Him to do for you, just go to prayer, be God focused. And be silent for just a little while. It's hard in today's culture to sit still for 30 seconds. But just be still and listen to what he might have to say. Now, we didn't get into a lot of the particulars. I will say this, though. I think it's important that you have a time and a place of prayer. You can pray in your car, you can pray in the grocery store, you can pray anytime and anywhere. But let me tell you, my concern is this. I think the freedom to pray anywhere often leads to praying nowhere. And we think that we can pray everywhere and anywhere, and I agree with that, but what happens is if we don't have a time and a place, we end up praying nowhere. So I would suggest that you set aside a time and a place where you do get alone with the Lord and you just shut up for a little while. You let him speak to you and then you speak to him. And you pray simply and honestly and authentically and you focus on him and allow him to create in you who he wants you to be. And you receive from him the grace that he wants to bring into your life for this world. Let's pray. Father, I confess to you that I don't, I don't think that there's any way that in 30 minutes we can effectively address the need to pray. God, you deserve somebody a whole lot better than me to share this. And you deserve a whole lot more time than 30 minutes. But Father, I thank you for the opportunity to encourage these folks to love you more and to spend more time with you. And help us to set aside that time intentionally. We love you and we truly do want to be good children. We want to get to know you better. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.